Welcome to another episode of Big Spirit to Minneapolis with your host, Ishmael Thompson. And I didn't truly expect my comeback, for lack of better terms, to my podcast to be in this variety. Uh, but oh well, you guys know I love being in front of the mic and talking to you. And this episode is going to be slightly different than what this podcast is about. But I think it will be something that you guys will enjoy. Uh, before I go any further, uh, I will give you guys sort of a backstory, real quick backstory. A lot of you may or may not know that I began graduate school this semester, uh, higher education leadership. And one of my classes requires me to do something called a voice project. And the way I sum it up is it's something that requires you to kind of sort of think about others' perspectives. Uh, it's a class that focuses on theories and development and the student, how they develop and some theories on how they develop. It's been a very, very interesting class, uh, a very fun class thus far. Uh, I want to learn more as much as I can. You guys know I just love learning for the sake of learning. Uh, let me say he's not here with me, but I'm going to say hello uh, to Dr. George McLennan. This will probably be his first time listening to Vicksburg to Minneapolis because this is my <laughs> my project that he's grading. Uh, I hope he enjoys it. I hope he uh, enjoys how I decided to put this project together to kind of wrap it with my usual podcast if he decides to go back and listen to a, a couple of the episodes. But without much further ado, I have a couple entries to go through. And we're going to start with entry number one. Entry number one for this voice project where I'm supposed to take my pers- go, go view these theories through a perspective or view college as I see it uh, through someone else's perspective, uh, not the perspective of Ishmael Abraham Thompson, but try to put on others' glasses or, as we like to say, walk them out in someone else's shoes and see where they're coming from. Uh, some things I may be wrong about or maybe consider confirm some assumptions that I have. Um, I decided to go with a non-religious upper-class person. Uh, One of the last entries is going to describe why I decided this assumption, uh, why I decided to go with this, and some of the thoughts that I've changed based on this assumption. And the reason I went, well, I told you guys at last, but me, the reason I went, or the way I view or some characteristics I see of uh, characteristics and assumptions I see of a non-religious upper-class person, especially with the upper-class portion, I just see privilege. Uh, I see someone who, in their eyes, maybe see no barriers to entry uh, for many of things in life uh, that life holds, whether, since we're specifically talking about college, whether we're talking about college, so they no college expense is too much, no residence hall expense is too much, uh, you know, no matter what their grades are, I can go to any school because I have the money that can pay my way in, or my parents have the money that can pay my way in. Uh, we recently saw a scandal break based upon that. Uh, but someone who who's very self-absorbed, but I'm not going to lie, maybe confident based upon their the pedestal they've been given in life. Uh, they're speaking on privilege. Uh, they've automatically assumed that they're on a pedestal uh, since they're in the upper class. Uh, they may look down on others who are not in the same class as them. Uh, shucks. They even look down on those who are in their class, such as this person may have a million dollars, but my parents are multi-millionaires. Oh, you barely got in. One of my favorite movies uh, describes this in a pretty great way uh, or shows some of these things that I view about upper class people in uh, in, in the beginning scenes of Sin of a Woman or just the, the common thing throughout Sin of a Woman is that Charlie is from a lower class family. He has to work for everything. That's why he's working over Thanksgiving break and ended up with Al Pacino. But that's not what this podcast is about. But some of the other characters they're from upper class families and their parents were uh, alumni alumna of that school and they, they joked around in one scene they're like we're going to what was it I think they were going somewhere in the mountains 
and it was like, I'm going to ask my parents for money. And he was like, oh, well, I'm going to tell your parents to give your parents more money. So things of that nature. So they're even within their own class, they even look down on those in their class. And then non-religious, uh, the way I view non-religious people is not necessarily someone who denies faith. Uh, as you guys may know, I'm of the Christ. I'm a firm believer in Christ Jesus, but not necessarily someone who just absolutely denies Christ Jesus, or as we may say, uh, antichrist or atheist or just uh, fire and brimstone. But someone who doesn't have any just any belief. They they religion doesn't sway them one way or other. Religion doesn't really uh, guide their everyday life or somebody. You know, for me, it may be, well, the reason I'm doing this is because the religion, my Christian belief tells me to be kind to your neighbor. But to them, as a non-religious person, the reason they're being kind to their neighbor, they were just raised that way. Their parents are just good people. Their parents just told them, just be kind to everyone. So it, it's maybe not to be, or is that, as in the Christian belief, we may say it's based off of biblical principles. So they may be, as we say, practicing biblical principles, but they're not doing it purposefully. They're just they're doing it for some other reason. But that's my first entry. Uh, I'm excited for you guys to listen to it. I'm excited for Dr. McLennan to listen to it. Maybe we can get him on an episode. Uh, oh, he gave us the option to name <laughs> our voice. And I'm going to go with Luke Um as I started recording, I started thinking about the University of Cincinnati and their head coach, Luke Fickle, who used to be the defensive coordinator at The Ohio State University. Uh, and you guys know I love The Ohio State University. I'm not saying Luke Fickle is any of these things, but for some odd reason, I like the name Luke. I'm not going to take his last name, too. But uh, hopefully you guys enjoy this journey uh, from Luke. Uh, as a reminder, and I'm going to give you a reminder for each entry, uh, this is not Ishmael talking. Uh, I made peep in every now and then to give uh, Ishmael's side or Ishmael point of view and uh, you guys know I don't have a problem speaking <laughs> in the third person as I just did but what I may do uh, this will be all from Luke's perspective all from Luke's viewpoint how view Luke views these things how these things affect Luke and have ramifications on Luke uh, I'm excited to do this uh you know it gave me, again, it gave me a reason to sit in front of the mic and to talk with you guys once again. So we're going to add a quick little noise or whatever you want to call it, intermission break. Uh, there's This ad, this episode is going to be ad-free so Dr. McLennan can grind through it. But we're going to add a little noise so he knows this. we're going to entry number two. Looking forward to it. Okay, now that we have Ishmael off the mic, let me formally introduce myself as Luke. Uh, as Ishmael told you guys, my name is Luke. I come from a non-religious background where my parents are, you know, of the higher variety of class. They have loads of money. Money has never really been a problem. Stuff has never really been a problem. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're good people. I, I like to think that they're hardworking people. You know, we've they've owned several businesses. Income is steadily flowing in. I've never had to to want for anything or beg for anything. Uh, they've instilled good things in me based upon some family traditions and family pride that we have, and some pride that we have in our in our last name. But we'll. We'll keep that to myself just for today. Uh, but, yeah, so my name is Luke, and I'm glad to be in front of the mic. I'm glad Ishmael let me talk to this this audience of Vicksburg to Minneapolis. I've listened to a couple of other episodes. I think I'm the first, first person of, um, I guess you could say, of character and high money that Ishmael probably has had, has had on uh, to date. So I hope this is probably going to be his most... His most listened to episode, so uh, get a hold of get a hold of it, um, share it with as many people as possible. But um, part of Ishmael's course, Ishmael asked me a couple questions. Ishmael said uh, then during his course, during one of the the first weeks, uh, he read an assignment 
about enrollment data and college choice. And me and Ishmael had a long conversation. Ishmael told me that he spoke with his mother and then and that the conversation was speaking to his mother. They both simply boiled it down to that college choice is usually traditionally based off of uh off of money, uh financing school and finding a way to pay uh for for their schooling. And I I, I informed Ishmael that, that never really that never really bothered me. Uh my like I told you guys, my parents always had money. Paying for school was never never something that uh that stood stood in my way. Um you know, I think every school every school out there every school out there was an option for me. Uh luckily, like I told you guys, my parents come from they, my my parents parents are of high, of high character. So we weren't caught up in scandals such like as at USC and some of the Ivy League schools to where my grades <laughs> uh that no matter what my grades looked like, I couldn't they were they would have found a way for me to get in school. Luckily, I was smart enough, or as I like to say, smart enough to get in school without not worrying about grades. So that wasn't a barrier of entry. I didn't have that many barriers of entry. Uh, you know, Ishmael was telling me, well, some kids can potentially get into those schools, but it was like, yeah, they can get in that school, but how would they get to that school? How would they be mobile at those schools and things of that nature? Again, I told Ishmael, not a problem for Luke. Uh, I was able to pick any university of my choice uh any and every university was at my doorstep because i knew that yeah i may not have the athletic scholarships or the academic scholarships even though i could have gotten some but whatever ground was left to pay for uh even though i wasn't eligible for any of that uh as the kids like to call it fast for money I had that good old parent money. My parents were able to pay for most of most of my schooling. Uh, but but my aspirations for schooling or why I went to the certain school that I went to, with my parents paying for it, they did expect certain things of me. Uh, so speaking with Ishmael, Ishmael seemed to had had the understanding that just because my school was paid for, that I didn't have to work for it. I just had to work for it in a different way. Uh, yeah, I, I wasn't fearful of, you know, being kicked out by the school. But if my grades weren't reflective of what my parents thought I should have been doing, they could have easily decided to pull back the money from me. Uh, or if I weren't involved in certain uh, activities or organizations on campus, my parents would have easily pulled back the money from me. Uh, so it, I had a, a different struggle than Ishmael probably expected for me because uh, he, he, he probably he admitted to me. He said he, he thought school was a breeze for me. I just went to school for more of the social experience. And I, I, that's true. I, I was able to I was allotted to enjoy more of the social experiences a little bit more parties and you know football games and in the good seats <laughs> as Ishmael jokingly said to me uh things of that nature but I still did have to work in the classroom Ishmael uh informed me that one of the main reasons he went to the, his institution of choice is because or his institutions because Ish, uh, me and Ishmael are close friends by the way Ishmael went to a community college first and then he transferred out to uh, a four-year university and then going to that community college he knew all the while he was transferring out he had his mindset his goal set uh he so he he couldn't really detour from the plan uh me slightly different even though like i informed you guys earlier every university was open to me but my parents did lay out to me to in order to maintain our prestige there were only a few select universities that they were going to allow me to go to uh you know to maintain the prestige around their social group their friends there were only a few select that they said they were going to pay for so a different kind of struggle i may have wanted to go to alcorn state university with ishmael but that wasn't one of the options my parents gave me that they were going to pay for it outright 
So there were, it was only a few selections. So that that's one thing that affected my college choice that I knew that, hey, if I want my parents to pay for it, I can only go to these few select schools. Also, unlike Ishmael and so many others, when going to school, I wasn't going to school to to raise my social class. Maybe you can argue I was going to school or the school that I chose to maintain my social class or social status or social viewpoint others had on me. Not saying there's anything wrong with FAMU or Alcorn State University or Jackson State University, but people within my group looked down on those schools, so I couldn't go to those type of universities. Uh, so that's another thing. It wasn't maybe to launch my social class, but to maintain my social uh, status. And Ishmael informed me he went there. Uh, not the the you know the the main thing, the education uh, aspect of it. Yes, the education is important, but that wasn't another reason. Uh, like I said, my parents are loaded with money. They own many businesses. They would have. They can hire me on the on the spot, uh, but I did go because my parents did say, like I said, high character people. Uh, they they chose the university, or they wanted me to learn these things so I can be, you know, credible when I'm working for one of their businesses or at one of their businesses, uh, and you know, over people, so I can at least have something behind me, and not just my parents behind me that's one of the main reasons that uh some of the main reasons that i chose my school and i must also admit uh i met ishmael at a conference some business conference we're both business majors uh at least undergrad business majors uh ishmael decided to go higher ed but that's neither here nor there uh but i met him there in ishmael's from the south and he tells me that the South has many schools deeply entrenched in religious background. Or they might not be a religious school or a Christian-based school, but a lot of them are entrenched with religious beliefs. And after reviewing some of the selections that my parents gave me, I noticed that none of them had religion attached to them one way or the other. So I'm not going to... That may subconsciously affected my parents decision you know uh not again as ishmael stated at the top they weren't they aren't against religion they aren't against faith uh and they wouldn't care which way i sway uh but they wanted my schooling to be focused strictly on schooling school and school alone but yeah that hopefully that answers some of ishmael's questions about uh the enrollment data and some of the theories on school choice which he said simply boils down to money uh yes it does boil down to money but it was slightly different what ishmael may have expected uh i had you know some other hard not hardships but for lack of a better term some other hardships i had to overcome in choosing uh my school but uh looking forward to entry number three ishmael told me the to close it out, uh, insert another piece, and we get you entry number three. Bye-bye. Uh, okay, we're back for entry number three. I'm still here with Lute. Yes, I grabbed the mic from him to start this entry. Um, because part of this entry, we have a list of questions we're going to ask Luke. Uh, you know, I mean, as you've heard, probably entry number two and probably some things from entry number one, me and Luke slightly differ. Uh, but as you see, we're still friends. And so Luke, since I have you here, as I may have, you may have heard me say at the top of the show that, uh, I, I'm a firm believer in Christ Jesus. And as so I'm, you could say I'm a religious person. Um, the type of person, as we say, of, of every time the church doors was open, uh, I'm inside of them. Uh, but I don't, as I like to tell people, I, the way I try to get people to convert is just based upon my actions and not beat them across the head. But I've always lose my religion to fall back on during hard times in school, uh, in life, 
and just just anytime and then in places of triumph because i know this thing is a little bit bigger than me so i guess to get to the question uh luke what what do you do in those situations when hard times come up or you know what what do you what what do you lean on for lack of better terms well ishmael when it comes to that question first first and foremost just because i'm not a person of any religious belief doesn't automatically make me a terrible person but you you've mentioned that uh i just and, and necessarily doesn't mean I want to see other people not see other people do well. Uh, I I take the same actions as you do. Uh, what is the golden rule? Treat others as you want to be treated. Uh, so you know I I hope that some of the things I do can rub off on others, and others will start doing it. You know maybe if others see me pick up trash off the the highway, maybe they'll start picking up trash off the highway. Or, you know, I think there was a commercial running maybe in the 80s, 90s, maybe even while we were children, uh, about the ripple effect. You throw a, a rock in the pond and it starts rippling out to where it eventually is going to hit the, the, the not seaboard, <laughs> but you get what I'm the saying. I forget what that's called, but you get what I'm saying, Ishmael, that just because I don't have any belief, I don't uh, believe in some higher power whether it's your guy, which I respect you for. And that's another thing. Just because you're religious and I'm not doesn't mean I can't respect you. Uh, I see a lot of people on both sides of the draw automatically assume, oh, I can't respect this person because he doesn't hold the same beliefs as I do. Uh, that's not true, at least for me. Uh, I can still respect you as a person, Uh you know, we may just differ there, but it doesn't mean I have to hate you. You know, maybe I can learn something from you, and maybe you can learn something from me. You know, yeah, Luke, that's that's a that's a good way uh, to come from it. Uh, I, I think we're always learning <laughs> in this thing that we call that that we call life. Um, uh, another question. Over reviewing some of the things that you're gonna have to address in this entry, Luke. Uh, I I guess my biggest thing is like I'm looking at some of these things, such as I know a lot of someone from my background, uh, maybe of a lower when it comes to social status like class, they may not have availability when they're maybe struggling in the class, or maybe not even struggling in class. So such as going to pay for ACT workshops or SAT workshops or things to help prep them for school or to be knowledgeable on uh, how do, do you do you see yourself as having an advantage over other people when it comes to those areas to where you should succeed oh that's a good question Ishmael that's not something I think about every day and that maybe is probably is my answer to that question uh when you when you hold an advantage over someone or over in certain areas it becomes a part of your status quo uh your daily life you don't realize it until maybe you take the time to look at it and see oh everyone doesn't have the same opportunity or until it's taken away from you it's like oh this is not something given to everyone Luckily, my parents are able to raise me uh, to be the type of person to realize, like, hey, we've always we've come from a long line of money. We've always come from money. But that doesn't necessarily mean you are, you know, that that money do you uh, like I addressed in my college choice. They try to instill in me that it can always be taken away or it can always be transferred to someone else. Uh, you know, we've seen stories of the rich who automatically just out of nowhere they're just broke, and that may not be broke in terms as you guys may call broke, but less money, <laughs> less money than we, <laughs> than us. So, yeah. Uh, so to answer your question, I, it's just something you never really think about and realize it until you 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 situations like this where you're forced to think about it. And, hey. Everyone's maybe not able to go uh, to pay for additional help 
in their class or for a tutor every day after school or just little small things that we think are just, you know, everyone has access to because everyone that you're surrounded around has access to it as well. Hmm. Interesting, interesting. Uh, you're reflective you know, of your environment is what you're telling me, essentially. Um, so, I'm going to ask you um, just one more question, and then I'm going to let you get to this, 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 sum up some of these, these, these entries. Um, so, Luke, when it comes to, I know my and learning in the class even before we got some of to the religious theories i realized that some of my religious pillars such as my pastor and church members were held responsibility in some of my cognitive development or how i view things and uh learn things uh and some of my learning styles come from there uh since you don't you know host a religious you know call the place home when it comes to religion when i discussed some of these with you did you think of anything that was a pillar for you or help guide you uh when it comes to cognitive development and learning um i would say oh that's that's a tough one. Some of the things that help guide me to my cognitive development from, from adolescence or from youth actually to now. I don't I don't think no, it might not have been religious pillars, but still similar to you, just community pillars. So they just did it in a different way, such as maybe someone like a Warren Buffett or maybe someone like a, a Jeff bezos uh so people people such as such as that uh but maybe not know anyone directly speaking toward me or guiding my train of thought maybe trying to stay out of situations uh such as the bernie madoff uh you learn that oh if i make this decision uh you know there's consequences for those decisions that you make in life but not not quite to the extent that you may think it with me with you with me and my background uh but you told me to just swiftly go from that to answer some of these such as like faculty uh so you you asked me to look at some of these and i'm looking how how do i respond when i need help on the course uh, how may i feel oh when I need help on a course within within class, uh, it's not embarrassing, uh, and it might not be that uh, I'm afraid to ask for help, but it's just that I don't ask for help until I absolutely need to, and I think most students go through that struggle or do that, but it may be for different reasons. The reason I don't ask for help until I absolutely need to is kind of like I did said at the, the beginning of the show is is because you know until i realized like oh this potentially can hurt me with continuing to receive funding from my parents let me go ask for help uh it's not necessarily because i like to teach or don't like to teach it but i just need to ask for help right then and there so that's 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 where i'm coming from on on, on those ask for help uh in, in, in my learning style, my I don't I don't think my learning style has been affected by my social class or not religious. I may, I may have been, uh, have I been afforded after speaking with you more opportunity and uh, to to kind of sort of experiment with learning styles or the have the the ability to be taught by some of the best teachers, taught uh, some things. Since I was able to go to private institution after private institution all the way up to college, uh, versus not saying there's anything wrong with public education. A lot of brilliant people have come out of public education, but you get not being have to you know 
stricken to a state exam, but the teachers are free to teach me what they feel are necessary for the real world. Probably so. That's probably the, I, I, I can answer that. Yes, that has it has um, a, a, a different learning different learning style. Uh, I, I I've been able to experiment to find the best the best one uh, for me uh, versus your. They and they've been able to do different things with me. Those teachers and catering the learning styles for the various students in the class versus you uh, hearing you. So everything was such such cookie cutter. No matter how smart or brilliant the person was in the room or next to them, they it had to do a cookie cutter because they had a certain time limit to get those things out to the students. Uh, that's that's how I would see it. And my luckily, you know I. Falcony's response to me, I haven't, like I said, you, when you're already surrounded by people who are in a similar situation as yourself, you don't really see anything different about it. But you did, you sat in with me, uh, Ishmael, in one of my classes uh, in some of my areas, and, and you you noticed that, hey, uh, Falcony does. Uh, Falcony does treat us a little different, maybe because they know that our parents are their their bloodline, or our parents are the alumni that are paying paying their bills, or you know, as you said, you're like you was like, oh, our my teachers would have never stood for that, but like I guess it's a little different when you come from money, so I, I suppose so. But yeah, that's that's my response to those things. Um, Ishmael, I'm ready to move on to your entry number four. So we'll let this entry be Ishmael led a little bit. Ish, uh, Luke has to wet his chops. Uh, it's not used to talking this much, but you guys know I love talking to you guys on this podcast. So we did some research on this people from Luke's situation. <laughs> situation. Um, and the biggest thing that stuck out to me doing this research or uh, finding things is I kind of mentioned it at the top, and you guys have read about it or seen news articles or stories. Or there's even uh, a couple. I think ESPN 30 for 30 did something on it. Uh, Pat McAfee show, his YouTube channel, but I know like there's a HBO Max. But we're, I'm discussing like the this college scandals, and again, um, Luke is not from that variety. I know Luke's parents personally. I know Luke personally. Good people, great people, but just people as a whole, they were unafraid to, uh, what was it, Lauren McLaughlin? Uh, you guys know him bad with name. But people, actresses of high profile, willing to cheat their kids' way into school, willing to fabricate lies to get their kids into school. Uh, and this, I'm not going to say it correlates, all of them correlated, but some of them correlated. A lot of them had no real firm religious beliefs or religious background, uh, that may have affected on it. Uh, that's how I view it. They may have had an effect, uh, because someone such as myself, one, my parents couldn't afford <laughs> to do such things. And then two, uh, I don't think my parents' faith would allow them to do it, and if they did do it, I don't think my uh, faith would allow me to enter a school on such lies. Uh, so that's that's some of the research I saw, uh, and I hate that all the when it comes to that was so so negative. Uh, even the positive seemed negative uh, because it seemed like. The those who come from high class should be ashamed of themselves for the, those who rightly get into school, but their parents can pay the bill or pay the remainder of the bill. Uh, those parents, you know, one way or other, they work to they gain their money, or if they didn't work to gain their money, they're doing something to maintain uh, the money that they have. So that's why I mean, even the positives seem to come from a negative light. Uh, not and again, not saying that the poor need to work harder to become 
rich, but it's it's just one of those things. It just allows you see to see the pay gap or the discrepancies that exist uh, in Western civilization that we encourage, you know, many students to go to school, but many of them don't have the finances to go to school like Luke's people do and people in Luke's situation. Uh, and then many of them are depending on people such as Luke's parents who offer multiple scholarships and things of that nature or foundations uh, to pay for their school. And then there, there comes up in the research a question of, you know, whether whether Luke's parents are donating this money earnestly or they donated just for the tax write-off or they donating it for uh, other benefits, but it's not truly a, a heart thing. Uh, which you can argue, just for me personally reading it, which you can argue the heart thing, is that a, a reflection of our religious belief that we we feel that uh, if they're not being earnest, we shouldn't accept it. But from my religious background, I feel, you know, the God that I serve says that he will make a way, he will make the wicked, uh, you know, do right by you. Uh, I'm paraphrasing. That's not exactly what it says, but I'm paraphrasing there. Uh, but that's some of the things I discovered in research, and I'm glad I'm having the opportunity to sit down with Luke to kind of dispel some of those theories or, or readings that, you know, all all those people don't necessarily get into school the wrong way or all those people don't donate money for the wrong reasons. Uh, many of them are donating this money because they kind of see what I'm saying, that a lot of the chances to launch an opportunity is through education, but how can you truly afford an equal education or the education you need if you don't have that money and you're trying to get the money by getting the education so it's like a never ending effect and while we would start these kids off so bad by forcing them to get loans uh but let me not get on that soapbox <laughs> right here right now uh but i will go to what luke said earlier uh about the schools within um you know, many of our southern schools, uh, we live in the Bible Belt, even if they don't have a, a religious attachment to their school, they're firm, firmly religious base. Uh, I know a lot of our HBCUs, I can definitely speak on those, and from just, just discovery, from talking to other HBCUs or they would they would quickly go from playing rap music in the cafeteria to all of a sudden it's a a gospel breakdown. Uh, someone of Luke's character or you know background characteristics may not appreciate that. He may not oppose it, but it you know it may rub Luke the wrong way because Luke may be thinking that okay you say it's wrong for me to play this music, but what makes it right? to play this music here and there uh even though i may someone like myself may not see it but someone like luke may see it so it's just you know putting on those glasses learning from others perspective doing the research from others perspective so um, we're gonna go on to entry number five we're gonna let luke get back on the mic So, in entry number five, I'm going to let Luke uh, take the bike ASAP and tell you guys a little bit about uh, an event, for say, that I let him participate in down at my uh, alma mater, Alcorn State University, as they affectionately call Club Calf Wednesday. Uh, Luke, take the mic. Hey, yeah, Ishmael recently took me down to his, his school of choice, uh, Alcorn State University. And at his school, they participate in something, as he says they call it, Club Calf Wednesday. One of my first questions I asked him was, is this put on by the school 
or is this put on by the students they just you know the school just allows it and Ishmael said to me he said I really don't know it appears as if it's a little column A little column B so he really can answer that for me but as I we were making our way into Club Cal I truly saw what Ishmael was saying about it being Club Calf. Everyone was putting on what they considered their best outfits. Uh, it, it truly, a lot of them truly could have been uh, picturesque for a club. Uh, you choose your variety of club <laughs> uh, that you dis you want to envision. Uh, by my tone of voice, I hope you know what along the lines what I'm going towards. So I, I asked Ishmael, is this, is this what they consider dressing up? You said you told me to dress nicely, so I put on my best my best suit and everything. You didn't tell me they were going to be dressing like this. And he said, yeah, I'm sorry for the misinterpretation. I just wanted to take you to this. I, I honestly myself don't go too much. Oh, well. So we go, and I'm... Not really knowing what to expect after seeing the clothes and everything on display. And boy, was it a scene. I uh, walked within the front door of Club Caf or the cafeteria, which it truly was. It was a cafeteria that they were duplicating or replicating to appear as a club. Uh, and there was skin everywhere, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, they had fried chicken and greens and things of that nature which was pretty tasty uh it was it was it was quite the scene to see uh there was literally no empty seats and i'm not talking but well it, because it was packed but i'm not talking because everyone was eating no they were all jammed in there to experience the music that they were playing uh, I this was it was quite interesting to hear some of the songs that they decided to select, and I don't quite I get it. I definitely get it. But the thing that had me most befumbled was when they went from playing the greatest rapper alive, Lil Wayne and Dre. And NBA Youngboy and Rihanna and Megan Thee Stallion, uh, her hit song WAP, uh, and Bruno Mars, Silk Sonic, and all the things of that nature. Okay, I'm like, okay, so they're just playing, they're playing popular tunes right now, uh, pop tunes, the hottest thing on the radio, uh, mainly the, the rap, hip hop station. Okay, I get them. Uh, and then it's Segway or Swift Change. I just heard a corner just shouting out melodies from heaven. And all of a sudden, it became a praise break, which got me questioning some things. I just, in the middle of this praise break, we're like six, seven songs in by now. And I asked Ishmael, I leaned over, I said, hey, Ishmael, um, how, do they know how that looks or appears? Ishmael said said to me, what do you mean? I said, I, I don't know where any of these people stand on their religious belief and who am I to ask anyway? Uh, but I think what they just did there is a lot of reason people like me exist. Ishmael said, what do you mean again? I said, they swiftly went to talking about very explicit of things that I'm pretty certain that a lot of them wouldn't say in front of their parents. A lot of them probably wouldn't even say in front of their younger siblings. But if they hold their religion, as they say, in such high regard, how did they go from singing such things to melodies from heaven with their quote-unquote whole heart this, with the same vigor and excitement? Because uh, if, if I'm not mistaken... Isn't this supposed to be putting up some type of worship to their God or whatever? Ishmael just nodded his head. He said, I I, I see where you're coming from. Uh, I see exactly where you're coming from. And then I noted to Ishmael that 
also, how do they know that I don't that I that I I you know I'm appreciative of this music or this music doesn't offend me. He's Ishmael said, "Oh, you talking about the rap music?" Yeah, I, I asked the same thing. It's like, no, I'm talking about the gospel music. He said, he asked me, "Does it? Did it?" I said, "No, it doesn't. It's it's music. Music is music to me." He said, "But I let you know they may run into someone that's like this music. How do they automatically assume just because it's not like this is a Christian university or anything? It's just all Corn State University. How do they automatically assume that everyone in here is of?" The Christian faith that they are okay with this music being played that this music doesn't cause some some kind of you know you know disrespect or Ishmael said it's they're just making a very big assumption that we're all from the same background and he's and I said Tim I said that assumption may get them in trouble one day it may not but I think it may get them in trouble one day Especially, and it may it may get them in trouble, kind of sort of vice versa. What I just said, it may they may get someone who may be a firm believer, and they may be offended that they will go from playing their music, Christian music, next to something such as uh, a WAP. Uh, no, no detail on what that means. Uh, I said maybe they can, they should go about it a different way. I said this as a whole. I told him I said there's nothing wrong uh, with this event. Uh, but I think maybe beforehand they should allow, let people know what kind of, you know, at least in my party atmosphere is we tell the people what kind of things they can wear. You know, if it's all white, we mean like all white suits or if we mean like all white, you know, your best white T-shirt. As The Rock used to did, five, five, $500 T-shirt. <laughs> uh, but maybe let them know, maybe have like dedicated days. Like, okay, this Wednesday is going to be gospel wednesday so the people will know in advance that okay they run the risk of um, listening to this music but at the same time my biggest gripe was poverty that it was in the cafeteria uh again so you may argue that hey little johnny sue's been going to or if i was a student at all corn luke you've been going to all corn for years you know wednesday is fried chicken Wednesday, and they run. You run the risk of running into that uh, one. Seeing some clothes that you may not be, a, you know, you're, you're a high socialist. You carry yourself a certain way. You you can't be seen in that that arena. And two, the gospel music may have, may have offended me. But at the same time, this is lunch. Why am I withholding my, you know, my privilege to lunch because of this? So they they may want to reconsider some of these things maybe they want to host it outside to where it doesn't cut me off so i may be the type that every wednesday i don't i decide not to eat because you guys decided to host this within your cafeteria maybe they may decide to relocate that somewhere else or maybe have it to where you get your plate or they can open up the cafeteria a little bit on wednesday okay you we allow you to walk out with your plate or whatever so it doesn't withhold me from eating on wednesday but yeah that's that's how was my experience with the event Ishmael called uh, Club Calf Wednesday at Alcorn State University? And from my understanding, this happens not only at Alcorn State University, but all HBCUs. Uh, so this is something they may want to consider. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to give it back to Ishmael for entry uh, number six. Hello, it's Ishmael again, and for entry number six, I was tasked with choosing, or asking my voice, or not my voice, I'm sorry, Luke, <laughs> uh, asking him to choose something or a characteristic that he said goes on to define him. So, Luke, I'm going to give it to you. Well, looking at the options, I and listen to some of the previous recordings, I noticed that I talked about my social status a lot. But I did want to talk to you guys uh, about my faith a little bit uh, and let you guys know that just because I'm non-religious doesn't mean I don't have some kind of faith. Uh, it may not be a faith in the higher power or the faith as many of you come to define the term, 
but I have faith as like the dictionary term of faith. Uh, I believe, you know, I may believe in myself. I may believe in my parents to come through or, you know, maybe. So it, it leans maybe closer towards trust. Um, and when it comes to, you know, what what would I want others to know about people uh, who, quote unquote, are non-religious and how they feel about faith? Uh, I think I, I want to I really, really, really want it to be known. That's why I've said it many times throughout that we may not we, we all of us aren't absolutely totally against faith or those who have some kind of belief, whether it's those of the Christian belief, Buddha, uh, Buddhist belief or Muslim belief, whatever you decide to believe in. But what may get a lot of us is when you try to force us to convert to your uh, faith. Uh, and a lot of some people do convert. I get that. You may be able to convert from people, but how you decide to convert us and telling us what you're doing is wrong based off of this, this, and this, and my re religious belief, off of my religious belief, and you automatically assume that your religious belief is the best and most correct belief out there in the world. Uh, and I get that. That's part of your faith. What I'm asking from people... Uh, in some, a lot of the student fairs, especially as I'm noticing in the South, they have religious belief. When you're talking about your belief, do as Ishmael, I, I, I respect people like what Ishmael said in the beginning. Uh, he practices, he, he practices his belief. Uh, he, he tries to be a reflection of his belief. He lives off of those principles uh, of his belief. Am I saying that is the best way? No. Uh, and and I don't know, but it, that's what works for me personally. Uh, you know, when Ishmael does these things, I may stop and ask Ishmael, "Hey, Ishmael, why are you doing such things this way, that way?" And that affords Ishmael the opportunity to explain to me and gives me a chance to truly listen because I'm 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 then I'm truly curious. You're not beating it across my head. I'm truly curious when I ask him, "Hey, Ishmael." Why do you treat that person right there that I know you absolutely hate and have a strong disgust for with such respect? You always say hey to him. You're always kind to him. And then he explains to me, well, according to his belief, this and that, this and that, this and that. That gives me a chance to truly, okay, it's, he's not forcing upon me. He's not out of nowhere, out of the blue coming to me and say, hey, Luke, you got to treat this person like that because uh ironically luke 316 or or john 316 said god so love the world and then just just throwing things on me or treat you uh thou shall love thy neighbor and things are just out of the out of the blue it didn't ask for but it gives me the opportunity to ask ishmael uh so as as again like i said we we primarily when it comes to this type of research things narrowed her down to the south and hbcus uh, again, not saying there's a wrong or right way, but I just noticed, I think you're, uh, what's the phrase? You're, it's easier to, to catch, to catch flies with honey. Uh, so there may be some times within these different faiths that you may have to go about their ways. Again, who am I to speak as a non-religious person? Uh, but hey, you, as a non-religious person, as for Luke, I may not speak for everyone, but as for Luke, I think people may need to consider that as I, I'm going to term it as the Ishmael method. Again, not saying it's the best method. I don't know. It, it may offend some. Hey, the Ishmael method may not be the best way within those different religious groups because they may want you to stand, quote unquote, on your head at all times, firmly believing that. But that's, that's why I see... Uh, and that's something I noticed in the South that, you know, with their, their, they throw their beliefs on them uninvited. Uh, allow the student to, to invite you in. Uh, allow them to invite you in and ask those questions. And then use that as an opportunity to, to maybe, I'm not going to say preach your faith, because we all know the separation of church and state. Uh, but, you know, I'm noticing within this culture down South, uh does that trip separation truly exist so yeah that's uh that's all i have to say for this entry uh, ishmael hello 
it's Ishmael again, and we're getting near the end. I don't know why I started to say that when we're at the end. <laughs> but this has been a fun little experiment with uh, Luke. Um, this is going to be the last one where we have Luke here with us. So I hope you've enjoyed your time with Luke. And we're just going to make this one a little bit personal. Uh, Luke has no idea what this question is going to be, but hey, Luke, we're going to give it to him. Luke, uh, I like to say that I'm like naturally athletic and naturally gifted on various things. Uh, Luke, I'm going to ask you, uh, what are some of your gifts? Uh, what were some of those barriers to your gifts and challenges uh, that you have to overcome for those gifts? Hmm. Well, me and you, Ishmael, both share uh, a love for music. And I know we both played the trumpet. And unlike yourself, with you playing the trumpet, your parents necessarily couldn't afford the highest class or grade of trumpet. My parents could. I'm not bragging, uh, but just stating facts. Uh, your parents necessarily couldn't afford to send you to class tutoring to play on your trumpet. My parents could. Uh, I was able to sit with some of Mayor Ferguson's disciples. Arturo Sandoval and I had a class once or twice. Uh, Dizzy Gillespie and I, things of that nature. Uh, I'm a screamer. Uh, so, also, your parents weren't necessarily able to afford to send you workshops, not even in the state of Mississippi, but even around the world. My parents could. That's some of what I got. Gifts that was allotted to me. Uh, so that's, that's my most proud gift, being able to pay the trumpet. Uh, but you may ask what's, were some of the, you asked what were some of the barriers to those gifts or some of the barriers, uh, I came with, uh, one barrier I would, I would like to point out to kind of shy away from my gift of the trumpet and playing the trumpet and being afforded to those things due to my social status in class. Uh, kind of vice versa. I was, my circle was small. Uh, my true circle. I have, a, quote unquote, a lot of friends, a lot of people in my circle. But then sometimes I have to sit back and think, are those people truly my friends because of the money that me and my parents have? Or, you know, that they know my family has? Or are they truly my friends because they like me and then or do it are they only my friends because they're they're like me uh you know i was you know i was kind of cautious when meeting you not saying you're a poor homegrown person but you know i was had to be weary of like oh is ishmael becoming my friend because he knows i have money he's hoping that if he gets connected with me i can hopefully give him money and my parents can give him money so it, you 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 kind of grow that shield uh, in your rearing, like you know you kind of really can't. I'm not gonna say you guys have bind belief or faith in everyone, but you kind of you know it's a kind of different shield that you throw up. People may not realize because it's like, hey, who's who's truly your friend? Are they just trying to backstab me? Are they trying to gain leverage on me? Uh, are they trying to? Get, which has happened. Uh, luckily, we were able to catch it. Are they trying to gain leverage on some of my parents' companies? Uh, are they just trying to get insider information? Are they trying to find out uh, when we're going to sell stock or things of that nature? So those are kind of barriers. I, I, I'm not going to say I haven't been able. I've, I've, lead a, a, I've led a normal life as I know it, traveling around the world, things of that nature. It's something that you might not consider normal. That's uh, amenity or extra expense but in leading a normal life as i know it i haven't been able to lead a normal life such as you uh yourself is would consider i would consider like being able to have a, a lot of friends and not really questioning uh for reasons as i mentioned earlier are they truly my friends or uh are they getting around me because they the, the, the financial gains that they have or not even the financial gains like okay if they become my friend if I become friends with Luke that raises my 
social class or I'm viewed as this type of person. I may not be able to get the money that Luke has, but people may see me with Luke and automatically assume that, hey, he has money. And even with the he has money, sometimes in some cases you have to, such as I said at the Club Cap ordeal, I wore my best suit, not necessarily because I wanted to wear my best suit. It was a hot day. Uh, it was, you know, it had rained the day before. didn't want to mess it up. But I had to wear it because I had a certain perception to keep up. Uh, so that's some of the barriers that I've, I've, I've gone, I've, I've ran into uh, I, before we close this thing out uh, or you close it out in your last entry. Uh, I want to thank you for allowing me to discuss uh, some of these barriers. Uh, discuss and let, allow me to be appreciative of some of the, you know, things I'm afforded because uh, because of my uh, my background. But you know, uh, one more, you know, you may not realize it. Me and you had a discussion on one that you were doing something for. I think a different class. You realized that, hey, some people may be afforded opportunities because, hey, oh, I know Ishmael's a good good young Christian young man. But people may automatically see Luke and be like, uh, I know Luke makes decent grades. His parents has money and everything, but he's, he's not a Christian, so he can't be trusted. So, yeah, those are the barriers I face. Uh, I'm sorry I spoke on my barriers longer than my gifts. But I kind of, I'm not going to lie to you, I kind of wanted to rub it in that um, we're trumpet players. We all know we have egos. I just wanted to rub it in that I have... I'm a better trumpet player than you. But I'm going to throw it back to you, Ishmael, uh, to close this thing up. Again, I want to thank you for allowing me to speak on your podcast. I want to thank you for deciding to use me as an example uh, for your class. Uh, I want to thank you, Dr. George McClendon, for allotting Ishmael this opportunity to do a deep dive into something he might not have done on his own. So uh, thank you. Well, I want to thank Luke again for deciding to participate. He didn't have to do that. Uh, I want to thank Dr. George McLennan uh, for hosting such a wonderful class throughout this semester. Uh, I'm looking forward to having another one of his classes in the near future. Uh, I want to. I just want to thank both of them because I learned a lot of things uh, throughout throughout this assignment. Uh, I, you know, and then throughout some of the theories, uh, the main thing that I've harped on in this class and from talking with Luke and learning about Luke's viewpoint is that, yes, sometimes we got, we, we realize that we all, we all have some kind of privilege and we all are oppressing somebody in some way, form, shape or fashion. It may not be as uh, a big major oppression uh, as we all view slavery, but we all are holding someone down or discrediting someone because they aren't cut, cut from the same cloth as yourself or myself. Um, we all can learn something, and I know these may all sound generic, uh, but we all can learn something from some from someone else. Um, and then, you, but you actually have to take the time to sit down. And be an active listener, uh, ready to learn, eager to learn, eager to know, and eager to apply these things. Just just knowing isn't enough, but eager to apply these things and learn from these perspectives, and learning what what truly is this person saying. Not being a detective listener, like okay, this is what they're really saying, but what truly is bothering uh, this person? You know, like. Like what Luke said in his final statements, Luke about you know he he doesn't mind having friends or a lot of friends, but what truly bothers him is like he just he just doesn't know. It's hard for him to discern which ones are truly his friends for the right reasons for the, and which ones are truly friends with Luke because Luke is a good person. Uh, but this this is a this is a fun assignment. Uh, this is this is similar to. This is why I like listening to interviews and watching background stories uh, and watching the ESPN 30 for 30s because you get some history. You you think you may know everything, 
but you there's always more to learn there's always research to be done there's always things that you didn't know or things that you did know but you didn't know the full story to it like okay i knew luke had money i knew luke's parents paid for his school but what I didn't know is that Luke, just like me, runs the risk of losing that financial support. Maybe different types of financial support, but he runs the risk of losing that financial support if he doesn't meet certain stipulations. So this this was a fun. This was fun. This was good to know, and it gave me a chance to sit down with my buddy, uh, my buddy Luke. Uh, for those of you who are calling me crazy for talking to Luke, and you know why, <laughs> uh, just know I'm. I'm doing it for uh, Dr. McLennan. Uh, for Dr. McLennan, I'm getting ready to close this episode. And I'm just because this is for our voice project. I'm not going to treat this episode any different in its closing. And Dr. McLennan, I close this every episode of Big Spirit to Minneapolis uh, by saying uh, "I love you" to Baby Bear and reminding people of what my good friend Zordon once told me. Uh, stay safe out there in those streets because it's a jungle out there. Okay, bye-bye.